This is Eastman's Elevated Podcast. I have on great guests that are really knowledgeable, consistently successful. We're able to dive deep down the rabbit holes of these different subject matters of shooting, of physical fitness, of mental toughness and drive. All the different skills that make up a complete hunter that you can become. Here's your host, Brian Barney. Hey, what's happening, guys? Got a brand new Eastman's Elevated for you. So uh, going to release a solo episode. Going to record this just a touch early as I'm leaving on a hunt here this coming Sunday. So just want to get this information out to you guys here before season kicks off. So hopefully you can use it in your coming hunts. So just want to thank a couple sponsors. We'll get right into it. want to thank Sig Sauer Optics. I'm so impressed by Sig Sauer Optics. Um, I, I've been using their image stabilizing binos, which they've revamped and, and gone back and just put their high-end glass in it. Uh, great stabilization. I've been using the 12 by 42s across my chest. They also have a pair of 16 by 42s that I really like that are for glassing distant terrain. And now they have their 20 by 42s that'll take the place of a spotting scope for me. Uh, these things are incredible in my pack. I've got them all loaded up, ready to go on my next hunt, and I'm really excited to try them out. So this high end glass is good in low light. And basically, it's got a gimbal in it. So when you come up on a windy ridge or any point, hit the button, and then you've got a stable image, which just equals more spotted animals. And it helps up close, too, just to pick out those animals in the timber. So super impressed by these things. You guys got to check them out. I think it's the the biggest revelation to hit the hunting industry in the last 10 years. So uh, make sure to look at those. I really believe their rangefinder is the absolute best in the market. Their 5K, Kilo 5K is a great bow hunting rangefinder. So I can put in the speed of my bow. It does the exact cut on angles, which I just tested in extreme angles. The thing is right on the money. Uh, killed a deer last year down a 50 degree angle, longer shot and made a perfect shot on them because my cut was perfect. So check that out. They also have standard binoculars, uh, rifle scopes. Uh, they've got spotting scopes. Make sure to check them out. They're doing great work. I also want to thank get my list here. I also want to thank OnX. OnX absolutely changes the way that I hunt and scout. So I use this a bunch. It has a bunch of different features. So I'm going to save and catch all my maps of all my areas before I go on these hunts. So I have those areas, even if I have, even if I'm out of reception and the GPS still works when you're out of reception, it's got topography, aerial imagery. It's got a hybrid of both. They have a new feature on it where you hit the compass and then you can range find to the target and then you can put that distance in. So this will be great for like a bedded deer that I can range find and say, okay, he's 600 yards away. He's exactly in this direction. Use the compass to point at it. And then I can mark the exact bush that he's behind. So I think that's a great feature as well. It also has tracks on it that you can keep track of your miles and then tracks through like public ground that that goes through maybe a quarter mile section where you got to navigate through that or in steep terrain i used it in new zealand to navigate around the cliffs uh, so a bunch of features make sure to check those guys out at on x i also want to thank juniper mountain coffee so juniper mountain coffee is a new sponsor 
These guys are hunters. They go source their own coffee down in Panama, so they don't use a coffee dealer. It's just outstanding coffee. Uh, They're from eastern Oregon. These guys are hunters, and then they're putting their support behind hunting companies. It's a family-owned business, small business, and I just love to give these guys my support. They've got a couple new roasts or a couple roasts that I really like. Uh, So make sure to check them out. They're over at Juniper Mountain Coffee. I also want to thank Black Ovis. Black Ovis is an internet retail shop that's doing a great job uh, keeping all the best name brands as well as their own name brand in. Uh, You can save 10% on your order, which is huge coming into hunting season. Just use that promo code ELEVATED10 and you'll save that 10%. And I also want to thank Camo Fire. So a bunch of great uh, hunting deals that come up every 24 hours. You can save a pile of money. And with that, um, make sure to check out everything we're doing at Eastman's, new Beyond the Grids. Uh, my new Mule Deer episode is should be out by now. I watched the edit on it, really proud of how that came out. Have an elk episode that'll follow that up. We'll have 11 episodes this year. You can go follow Dan, his two biggest bulls to date. He did a great job video on those hunts. So just search Eastman's Hunting TV and Beyond the Grid. And then also check out uh, Dan and I's new podcast, Eastman's Bow Hunting Journal, Life of a Bow Hunter. Uh, we've been having a lot of fun on that thing and putting out some great episodes. So there's a bunch of content on there. 10 or 11 episodes out now. So make sure you catch up on that coming into hunting season as there's great tips and tactics uh, all throughout those episodes. So um, check that out. And with that, let's get into this podcast. So just getting back, um, man, Cameron Haynes invited me out to do the lift run shoot and then do his podcast, the Keep Hammering podcast. Uh, such an honor to be invited out and to be a bow hunter and and be able to be on his platform like that. Um, just an amazing guy. I met him one time, but to be able to spend time with him, go do an adventure and run the mountain, shoot bows, lift weights, uh, it's just amazing, man. That guy has got such a strong mind, just nothing but respect for him and, and just so passionate about bow hunting. It was really fun to get into some of the nuances of bow hunting, like instincts and um, uh some of the hunts he's been on and uh yeah it was just amazing and uh the guy just keeps himself in incredible shape so you know i don't like to share age or you know that's not the point of the podcast but knowing that you know he's a touch older than i am and still just charging so hard up the mountain um yeah, it just gives me um, such vigor to continue to working hard and hunt these mountains as hard as I can. So that was amazing, and the guy's just got an iron mind. Um, man, he took me to deep water on that run. It was hot heat. I think um, I think his his watch so, showed twenty plus miles. I had also ran six miles in the morning. I know I'm such an idiot. I I didn't know how far we were going, and I was a little stir crazy off the plane, so I went for a run in the morning. Uh, but yeah, he took me in the the heat and. Um, Man, you talk about an iron mind. This guy wore black shirt. Heat didn't bother him a bit. Put on a good pace. Climbs as fast as he descends. Um, like just really incredible. And uh, climbed three different summits. So climbed um, some elevation in there. And uh, yeah, it was just fun, fun to to go for it and um, go all in. And so uh, yeah, he was able to show me like this is great connecting run in Springfield and these different peaks and different trailheads that connected and. Um, man guy can just push like i say just really strong mind and um you know i'm gonna take something from that for sure it's like uh 
you know, I work really hard to keep myself in great shape and to charge the mountain and be at my best on the mountain. And um, I, I'm a really good, consistent runner where I run uh, nearly every day, uh, six to seven days a week anyways. And I I usually put in like four to seven miles per day. And then, you know, I get some long ones, a handful of longer ones, try to get a longer one per week that's in the double digit miles, but to go out and to run 20 plus miles in a day definitely pushed me. And that, that last summit was a tough one. So I got to grind with him, you know, um, he didn't show any weakness, man. He just charged up that thing. It was so impressive. So nothing but respect. And thanks so much to Cam for having me on the platform, uh, able to go to Wayne Endicott shop, the bow rack. And, uh, really think that's a great bow shop. I mean, uh, Wayne cares so much about uh, the people that come into his shop and about uh, getting those bows spot on. Uh, really impressed at his knowledge, and you know where I see, you know, tens of bows, he sees thousands of them. So you know, he's formulated his opinion on the brands that he likes, and there's no change in Wayne's mind. And I definitely picked up some tidbits and some tips that I'll use in future and um, help me. Like uh, uh, we we tuned on my bow a little bit and. Um, He's got it shooting really well, like uh, helped me out with some some tuning on that thing. So able to pick up some tips there. Um, yeah, so just um, came home. I had to uh, redial in uh, third axis and things as we had changed some things around. So I had to go shoot angles a couple times. Got my third axis just absolutely dialed now. So super pumped with that. But um, yeah, it's just a great trip overall and really learned a lot that, you know, I, there's there's more to me get to give. Like um, I think I can you know, I think I can push harder and I'm just going to carry that into this hunting season as well. So, um, super impressive, had a lot of fun and, um, learned some stuff. So thanks again to those guys for inviting me out there and, um, treating me with such hospitality. So really appreciate that. And with that, man, we're right on the edge of hunting season. I can't wait. I fly out Sunday, man. I've got, um, I've got a mountain goat hunt to start out in BC. I'm going with one of my buddies up there who is a guide, uh, works for an outfitter. So um, we're going to team up and go chase billies with bow and arrow and super extreme terrain just doesn't get any better. So that's one of the reasons. I mean, I'm always spending time on that third axis to make sure it's dialed. But uh, especially like this season coming into that hunt. And then I followed up with two early season high country mule deer hunts and extreme terrain, which I'm super pumped about. One unit I've hunted before, the other unit I haven't. And so... Um, man, just getting all my stuff in order so I can cut these legs loose and go do what I love to do and be in the mountains and, um, go chase critters around with a bow and arrow. So it'll be super fun. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to, um, also get my mind right, get, uh, prepared for these hunts. Like these things, you know, they never go as planned. And, um, a big part of being successful is being able to adapt and, uh, overcome these challenges that I'm going to face and whether that's hunting pressure, whether that's weather, uh, whether that's tough to find animals, whether that's a blown stock, whatever it is, I'm just going to try to carry this positive mindset into these hunts. And, um, you know, I've got a lot to, um, a lot to fall back on, like good training throughout the year this summer. Um, so, so I know my body's just in, in peak physical condition and ready to push and do the mountains, ready to climb. So, um, you know, I, I know my body will hold up. So like, it's just, um, it's having a strong mind and like continually putting effort forth. Like I know, you know, these hunts have ups and downs and I know these downs, I just have to see my way through. And it's, it's wild. It's like, 
the tougher the hunt, the more it's going to mean in the end. And so I just want to put full effort into these things and um, see what I can come up with. If I have a select number of days set aside for a hunt, I want to push and grind all those days. And so, um, yeah, it's it's just a matter of like keeping this this positive outlook on things, this positive mental attitude. And when I face a challenge, you know, it's like Jocko would say, good gives me a chance to go cover more country or gives me a chance to get another stock in. And um, so, yeah, I just want to keep that in mind coming into these hunts. It's so easy to get bogged down by these challenges or uh, come across a hurdle or challenge and um, feel like it's overwhelming. But I just know if I keep that good mental attitude, I put full effort in that I'm going to come out on top this season. So yeah, I absolutely can't wait. A lot of these are like the purest form of bow hunting you can get, like backpack hunts. That's what this goat hunt is starting out. And so, you know, getting all my gear dialed and, and backpacks, it puts like an extra exertion on a guy and, and, and also extreme elevation and extreme altitude. And I'll, I'll be dealing with all three of those, uh, especially on these first three hunts. So I couldn't be more excited as these are going to be a test. And, and also they're really scheduled tight. So I'm back to back to back hunts with only a couple days in between and have to help my daughter move in between one of those. So I'm definitely going to be really busy and I know that I'm going to be worn down physically, but I just like, this is, um, this is what I've waited all year for. And these, these seasons are so short and it's like a chance to really challenge myself mentally and physically, see what I'm made of and and see if I can't arrow a trophy critter. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to hold out like, um, you know, definitely looking for, um, trophy critters like in that older age class. Cause I know I have opportunities and tags in my pocket. So, um, yeah, I, and, and I, I don't want it to end too quick or too soon. You know, it's, it's almost like the, the longer it goes, the better. So, um, just going to keep that in mind on these hunts and, uh, really give myself an opportunity to kill a giant. So yeah, couldn't be more excited. These early season mule deer hunts, Man, I mean, um, I love hunting everything with my bow and all these different species and different habitats presents different challenges and, and, and they're all unique and improve my skill set in different ways. And so, uh, you know, really excited for the opportunity to hunt goats. I know this is an amazing opportunity and so I can't wait to embark on this and really go hard. But these mule deer in the high country is really special to me in the lower 48. I can have my vehicle. I can have all my stuff with me. Um, not that all, you know, all of these will be backpack hunts that I'll go in. I might have a little bit different strategy. Like the, the first place I hunt, I may backpack and do like a three day rip. It's one of those places where I have to pack all my water to the top of the mountain. So over 3000 vertical for all my water. So that makes for a really tough grueling hunt and it'll be a hot weather hunt. So, um, you know, I'm definitely prepared for that. Uh, but yeah, I can't, I can't live up there for six, seven days just cause I can't pack enough water. So I'm going to have to do a three day rip, hunt aggressive, hunt hard and, uh, try to make some plays and get some stocks on some good bucks. And if it doesn't happen, uh, pack out and, uh, then I'll make the decision whether I go from the same trailhead or go from a different one. I'm really going to try to utilize through hunts this year. I think this is like a great strategy to use on these hunts, especially like this spot that I'm going. Um, you know, I've got like a dirt bike carrier that I can carry a dirt bike on the back of my truck. 
I think this is a huge advantage. What I can do is I can then drop my truck or drop the dirt bike, whichever one I decide, and then drive my truck around, and then I can through hunt. So I don't have to hunt down a ridgeline for six miles, eight miles, and then hunt back for eight miles over the country I've already hunted. Instead, I can just embark on a 12 to 16 mile through hunt. So I'm really going to utilize that to be able to hunt all fresh country and move my way through it. So I'm going to bite off some big miles and big elevation and go up there. And then, you know, I just want to be at my best when I do get these opportunities. Uh, I want to be clutch with them. I want to make good calculated stocks. And I know I'm not going to win every one. There's going to be animals that I'm going to stalk this year that are going to beat me, that are going to pick me up, that are going to see movement or the wind's going to swirl. I know that's going to happen. And I, you know, I can't control everything. All I can do is make the smartest plays I can make, try to be clutch with my opportunities, don't take any shortcuts, and then um, give it my all moving in, ultra slow, paying attention to movement, and uh, really try to make these good plays on these animals and, and capitalize and then... As always, execution is in the forefront of my mind. Um, Got this bow shooting so well, you know, throughout the season, shot great for me in Australia, shot great for me in Hawaii, um, you know, and and now shooting great as I'm coming into the heart of my fall hunts. And so um, I know the bow is going to do its job. I have to just do mine and execute. So as I walk around, I'm going to be keeping that in the forefront of my mind to to make sure that I execute no matter what. I'm going to execute correctly and then let the, the chips fall where they do. And, and um, you know, in, in hunting these animals, I know I've like developed this um this patience with my aggressiveness so this aggressiveness is gonna uh, create opportunities for me because I'm gonna go for it if I see a chance I'm gonna try to get in there give myself a chance at it and then um gosh I've just got really comfortable being inside a bow range and waiting for the right opportunity to present itself and Uh, having confidence in my concealment and in the lack of movement like these ungulates really pick up on movement so um, you know everything's going to be slow going to keep to the shadows just do all the little things that make a difference and hopefully not make any of these bonehead mistakes Um, all year all year shooting um, 3d uh, I have not I have not missed a target. I've hardly shot a five on a 3D target. They, they're they all eights, tens, and twelves. So I shot really well. You know, I shot, I think, four days at Lamper's Western Hunting Summit. He always sets up a challenging course. So I shot really well. I haven't missed any targets, which is great. No mental mistakes, but I just know, you know, like I've got to be on my game, make sure my dial's set to home, make sure I dial to the right distance, make sure I get the range, like the devil's in the details on this thing. Um, so I want to make sure that I don't make any mental errors. I did um, dial the wrong tar- target shooting with um, Cameron. How embarrassing is that? It's like I haven't made that mistake all year, and then I'm shooting with him, and I dialed, I, I don't know what I did. It was like uh, just saw the mark and was thinking about my shot execution and dialed the wrong range. I mean, um, God, just those mental mistakes, they can come at the worst time. And not that that's the worst time. That's like the best time to make it, right? Because it reminds me that it can happen. So even though I haven't made a mistake all year, I made one shooting with him. And it's like, all right, well, it's um, time to learn, time to get better from it. And uh uh, so it's actually a, a good mistake to make because I think that um, it, it'll definitely keep it present in my mind on these hunts to make sure that I'm dialed on all the little details. Because, man, it comes down to these 
these small little details, these nuances in the stock and in the shot. And it's like one of these crazy mistakes can be the difference between shooting an absolute giant and missing a giant and having a story to tell. So uh, I just want to make sure that I keep that in the forefront of my mind and and uh, make sure I, I, I make the right moves. And, and then, you know, it's like I know what I can get away with and what I can't. And um, don't I'm not going to cheat the process. So there was a time last year I was hunting elk last year and I was hunting a giant bull named the dragon. I named him the dragon had just this growl of a bugle and I hunted this bull for like three days and I had close calls. I was chasing him. I never let him know I was hunting him. But the last night I was hunting him, uh, there was another bull that came in. They were bugling back and forth. They were going at each other. There was a bunch of cows in the group and I did good, like keeping concealed in the timber, only moving when the elk would allow me to move. And then I had him like right in bow range, right in front of me. And kind of moved through my window, didn't give me a shot, and he's right on the hillside, right in front of me, and I've got cows on the hillside, I've got him on the hillside, and I've just got to cross this little park, and I'm back into the kind of the trees where I know I can get away with movement, so it's about 15 yards of open country, and um, it's getting low light, it's getting dark, and uh, the choice I should have made right there was to back out and hunt that bull again the next day. I'd hunted him for three days never knew I was after him. And instead I like got aggressive and I'm like, man, if I could just make it across that meadow, I mean, it's 15, 20 yards and I've got that bull. I can see him in the sparse timber right there and I can probably get a shot and kill him right there. But I, I knew better and I went anyways and got aggressive and I, I busted that bull, busted those cows. And, um, I just got a little aggressive in my play. Now, um, after I busted that bull, I'm like, man, Busted him out of country. It's like um, uh, he's he's probably gone elk relocate miles away. And so uh, I went and started hunting a different area. Some elk I had seen the previous weekend where I knew where a pile of elk were. So I uh, went in there, found a nice six-point bull, made the right moves in, didn't give myself away, concealed myself, moved with the herd to my left in bow range. Uh, bull slipped down into the bottom of the park down in there and um, able to close in in bow range. He kind of... Couldn't, he wouldn't give me the right angle or the right shot. I was patient. He bugled his cows, started to walk away. Uh, I had to cow call and stop him. Usually I like to have a range and draw my bow and then cow call and stop him, but he's walking away, so he's putting yards on me. Um, so I chose to cow call, stop him, and then I I hit him with the range finder that was up to my eye, and then I had to slowly draw my bow. But I had I was concealed in the trees and in the branches where I had enough cover where I felt confident doing it. Put a good quartering away shot in it. That bull died. Uh, nice big six point, super stoked. But that that bull that I was chasing prior to that one, like you know, it was he's a nice three hundred and twenty five inch bull, a great trophy for me, super stoked. The bull I was chasing was three fifty, three sixty for three days. The dragon, you know. So it just reminds me like no shortcuts. If if I think I'm gonna get busted, I'm not gonna make that move. And, you know, if I just I, I learned a valuable lesson there and it's like the longer you can keep the element of surprise and keep hunting these animals, they're more apt to make a mistake and then I can capitalize on it. So uh, I just want to keep that in the forefront of my mind as I'm hunting this season to make sure that I'm not pushing my limits 
And like, you know, I learned a lot hunting those mouflon sheep in that open country, just making sure I'm not giving myself away before I get a chance. So just being really diligent and disciplined with my glass, like glassing every opening before I walk through it or like around me, uh, just to make sure there's no animals uh, watching. I want to make sure that I'm, I'm not getting reckless with my movement like that. Uh, that first mule deer hunt that I'm going to go on is open country. I'll be working a ridge line, so I got to make sure that I don't skyline myself. When I come over to glass a basin, I'm not going to walk over a basin. I'm going to crawl over the top so I don't give myself away so the animals don't see me. So then I can glass the basin, keep that element a surprise. Um, definitely going to pay attention to the winds. It's like killing animals with a bow and arrow. It does take this higher understanding of the wind. So, um, you know, the directionals, uh, the directional winds are going to be the winds that are, um, come up throughout the day. Like usually they come up heavier in the afternoon. They really conceal a lot of approach noise as well. And so, um, you know, I'm going to use these winds to my benefit and really stalk mule deer in the, the, the afternoon, evening when they're in that second bed. And then, um, you know, also I can use that wind as concealment because I know when it's so still in the mornings like that, they can just hear you coming in a lot of this country. So um, I'm definitely going to pay attention to that as well. But these directional winds, uh, you can get a forecast on any of your apps. I like using that Windy app. It's a red app with a white W. It'll forecast the wind uh, that's going to be coming in for days. And then it actually shows the direction and kind of how it moves through the mountain really trying to hunt dominant wind sides versus lee wind sides. Lee wind sides are the like the back side of the um, where the wind's blowing and it's just like a washing machine in the top third of the mountain up there and I never have good luck trying to hunt animals on that lee wind side. So if I find animals and there's a heavy wind and it's on that lee wind side, I'm just going to wait, you know, and if that's the case, then I'll wait till evening till I get a downhill thermal. And um, then I can use that downhill thermal to my advantage and approach from below or same elevation on that that deer. So uh, directionals, you can get the forecast and then uh, you can base your hunt on it. And I know a lot of times like I'll have a dominant southwest wind, southwest wind, and I've got a buck on a lee wind side. And then all of a sudden they're forecasting a northeast the next day. And I know that's my day to go hunt that buck. So I'm going to use that to my advantage. It's really nice when you can use the thermals and the directionals together. And uh, so the thermal winds, you know, I know I've explained this before, so sorry if I'm repeating myself, but these um, these thermal winds, what happens is the sun comes up, the sun starts to heat that valley floor. Uh, once it heats that valley floor, it heats the air right around that valley floor, warm air rises, then that air starts to move its way up the mountain. It kind of finds like draws and canyons and things of that nature to work its way up. That's an uphill thermal. Uh, the opposite is true, like when those hillsides start to shade. Uh, that air on the top of that mountain starts to cool and then that air starts to drop and find its way downhill. I love a downhill thermal. You get a good steady downhill thermal in the morning for about an hour or so, depending on depending on where the sun's hitting and the valley floor and, you know, a bunch of different um, factors that play into that. But usually about an hour in the morning and then in the evening, depending on when that mountain shades up, on which side of the hill you're on, then that air starts to cool and starts to drop and you've got that downhill thermal. And so, you know, playing these winds is such a huge part of it. In fact, like, 
I think I did that podcast with uh, my buddy Dan Heverin, uh, that black bear that he killed this year, he killed a great color phase black bear. And we killed that bear because of our understanding of the winds. We made a play on that bear in the afternoon. We saw him come out in a park. We got over there and we got like on the edge of the meadow, like we're maybe 500 yards away and the wind is just blowing in every different direction. But that sun is just getting close to set. And so we look at each other and we're like, man, we just got to hold up right here. You know, the wind's swirling at one point. It's good. Then it's blowing around the other way. So we just held up 500 yards or maybe a little bit more from that bear, just knowing that we need a steady wind. And at this point, like you're trying to hurry and catch that bear in the meadow. We just know better. So we sat there and we sat there and pretty soon that, that sun goes behind the hillside. I mean, I can't remember how long we waited now. It's been a bit, but like maybe 20 minutes we waited for that sun maybe 30 at the most, and that, that sun setted, shaded that hillside. All of a sudden, we got a steady wind. We go up into that park. We make our way those 500 yards. We catch that bear, catch him with the perfect wind, wait for a good angle, and Dan strokes that thing and you know kills one of his best bears to date and um, is an awesome color phase and uh, able to, to harvest that thing just by our understanding of the winds. The winds play such a huge factor, factor, killing mule deer, killing elk, killing all species, especially with the bow and arrow. So, like, as you're going through these hunts, make sure that you're taking notes of the wind, not just when you're stalking, not just when you're into elk. Like, you should have a little notebook with you and, and be marking down what the winds are doing as you're glassing. What are the winds doing at camp? What are the winds doing when you're starting your hunt? And just take notes as this will come into play later during your hunt when you do get a chance. And so, uh, really pay attention. Try to gain this higher understanding of the winds because if you have a higher understanding of the winds more animals die from your bow just that's a a given like more animals are busted by the wind than anything else so really learn these thermals and these directionals and really learn how they affect the mountain range that you're hunting so uh really gonna pay attention to the winds this year as i um uh hunt these animals and make smart calculated plays um you know and i know i'm not gonna get it right every time it's just the way it is uh, but I'm going to try my best to to make the absolute best plays I can at these animals using these wins. And I've, I've like, learned my lesson on these wins. Like, there's been times, this is a stupid mistake. You guys are going to think this is stupid. And I do, too, even saying it. But I, I've had, like, a, a real steady, hard win, like 20, 30 miles an hour. And it's blowing over top a ridge. And I think, oh, that wind will just blow over him. Or maybe it's like I try to cheat it where, oh, the wind's kind of blowing to the right of him. You know, I can just cheat it. I get busted every single time, you know, two, three, four times that I've done it. Every time they blow up out of there, they're not there when I get there. And it's like, man, I know better. And so it's like really trusting that know better instinct, you know, it just going, nope, it's not going to work. I can make a crosswind work. And uh, I can make a wind in my face work, but I cannot make a direct, you know, a wind work that's blowing towards that animal in any, uh, in in any direction towards them. So uh, just make sure that um, you're getting those winds right this season as you're as you're hunting these critters, and then just working hard to to earn opportunities, like doing all the little things that we all know about. So it's being to the right spots at the right time. It's hiking in the dark to be at the right vantage points when the lights are coming on so I can maybe catch that buck and really sitting behind my glass in these good points and picking it apart 
not getting too antsy to move, but also not sitting in a spot that's empty where I don't see deer. It's it's like this fine line, you know. It's so much of this is like instincts come into play, you know, really trusting my gut and trusting my instincts and the, uh, having a thought and going with it. And um, so, yeah, I'm gonna gonna try to play that as good as I can. Um, both on muleys and then after these couple muley hunts I definitely have a antelope hunt I've got to fit in and um, I don't have a lot of free days I may even be hunting these things in September but I love an antelope tag in September once they start to rut everybody's kind of done hunting them because they're starting to focus on elk and things our rifle season doesn't open up till October Um, I would love to get to some of these better places in my state to hunt these antelope but I know I've got these goat hunt, couple muley hunts, I've got an elk hunt, and then some late season muley hunts, so I don't have a lot of free time, so um, probably ended up hunting them quite a bit locally, and then within an hour or two of the house, I have some really good locations where I've seen some good bucks, so I'm going to focus in on those, and then they pair really good with elk hunting, where I can elk hunt the morning and night, and um, and then hunt... Um, antelope during the middle of the day so yeah after the couple mule deer hunts i'll go into elk and um i'm uh, dedicating a bunch of time to elk because i absolutely love hunting them as they're one of the most thrilling animals on planet earth to hunt uh, i just love bugling bulls in september it just doesn't get any better than that so once it gets to be about september 8th september 10th i finish up those muley hunts i'll be all elk Till the close of the archery season, which is about mid-October. It's kind of a different date every year, but around mid-October. I've got one bull tag, and uh, saving that bull tag for a great big six-point or better, big mature bull. And um, yeah, going to hunt my butt off. I'm going to use a combination of, um, you know, I, I like uh, uh, truck camping and then uh, day hunting for these things. It's an effective method, and I can use that truck as a tool to change locations and then hike into these locations and um, be able to target these bulls. So I'll definitely be using that tactic. Uh, I'm also going to use backpacking for these elk, and I love to backpack super light for these elk. So uh, if I can get my pack down around 30 pounds or so and just have like, you know, an overnight two-day rip three days at the most pack all my stuff in and then really cover country and hunt with my pack on my back then I can travel until I locate these elk if I'm into a party of elk then I'll set my camp and hunt in that area for a handful of days or if not I'll keep hunting through or if I find a bull I might just hunt them with my pack on my back and sleep wherever I end up but there's definitely like some backcountry spots that I want to get into for these elk so I'm going to use a combination of day hunting truck camping and then also a combination of uh, backpacking for these elk and I've got um, plenty of time I'm sure I'll have to be getting back to some construction work at that point as I do have construction jobs going and responsibilities so uh, in between these hunts I'm, I'm going to be um, working pretty hard and that's what I'm trying to take care of right now is just um, make sure that I have decisions and things ordered and we're kind of ahead of the game on it and um, yeah then just bust my butt when I come back to try to get work done and um, yeah hopefully I can hopefully I can free up as much time as I can um be away from the job site and be in the mountains it, you know it's just what I absolutely love to do and it comes around once a year and um, so hopefully I've structured myself and my life to where I can 
uh, take enough time to chase these things around for sure. So um, that'll, you know, and, and really when I'm being completely honest with you, that's probably my biggest stress this season or my biggest challenge is just trying to conquer uh, managing the balance between work, family, and hunting. Um, you know, I've definitely got the hunts and the tags lined up and uh, got days to take off, but it's, you know, I, I'm just not on vacation where I can disappear from everything as I have clients that are counting on me. And I have, you know, people that are in charge when I'm gone, but there's just certain things that I need to tackle and take care of. And I know there's going to be stress throughout. So I'm just going to try to keep my mind right in that aspect. It's going to be a huge part of it. I know I've got my family on board. You know, my wife's been through enough hunting seasons now. And uh, same with my kids that they know that um, I absolutely love it with every fiber of my being. And I'm going to be in the mountains as much as I can. And they're real supportive of that. But I also have some responsibilities. Got to help my daughter move at some point. And, um, so, you know, it, it, um, that's going to be the, the biggest challenge for me is trying to keep my mind right when I'm on these hunts and not worrying about the stresses with Barney construction, but, uh, we'll have my phone. I'll take care of things to the best of my abilities. I have project managers that are going to have to take responsibility and, um, then I'll work hard when I'm back. I'll work hard at ordering things and orchestrating things and I'm just going to do the, the absolute best I can. But um, these hunting seasons only come around once a year, these falls, and um, they're so special. And there would nothing, there'd be nothing I'd regret more than not getting to spend time afield. And um, so I'm going to try to make and create as many days back there as I can, hunt as uh, effic- efficiently and as effectively as I can, and um, really try to soak it in and enjoy it. And uh, when I do have those stresses or those problems, because they will come up and I know they will, I'll just uh, make the best decisions I can and make a move and, um, you know, move forward and, and uh, move to take care of whatever that problem is and try to get back to the hunt. So um, that's kind of my goal for that. But yeah, hunting these um, these elk, I'm going to put a ton of time and effort in and um, really try to chase down a, a big public land six point, man. It's like um, so thrilling. I'm going to use a lot of my spot and stock tactics that you guys have heard me talk about uh, podcast a couple ago or one ago uh, with Sam Davis was a great one for spot and stock. I, I do have to get some of my buddies. I mean, that's the other thing is I've got responsibility in the podcast and getting these things out each and every week. So I'm going to try to fit in these solo podcasts where I, where I recap hunts, where I give you guys like, it's so nice when these hunts are fresh. When I go on a 10 day hunt, you know, I learn so much. I take in so much information. There's so many little lessons that I learn and tidbits and the approach and mental aspect. You know, I really tap into that. And so when I come back, my mind's just firing with all these ideas and theories about hunting. And so I want to be good at capturing those and then passing them on to you guys and also like recapping these hunts and letting you know how it goes, like really sharing my struggle, my challenge, uh, sharing my triumph, sharing absolutely everything I can about these hunts that help you guys on your hunts. So, um, yeah, I'm going to try to do a good job of that and then also do a good job at downtime at, um, having my podcast gear and capturing these podcasts with the buddies I'm hunting with and, uh, capture those and then also lining up some other good guests. But yeah, just trying to get you guys pertinent information that has to do with the season that we're hunting. So, um, that's going to be the goal. So yeah, I've also got to keep up on that. There's like 
you know, a lot of it, it's not just, um, not just hunting for me. I definitely have some responsibilities that I need to make sure are taken care of. So I'll keep on that. Dan Picard, the Eastman's bow hunting journal podcast is pretty easy. He's really flexible, but I know he's got a super busy hunting season. So, um, had a couple episodes and, um, that'll get me to September, which is our busiest time of year. And then just try to, uh, touch bases with Dan, get him on the hook, and then um, record these podcasts as we have time to make sure that we can continue to get them out. So, I mean, that's that's all work stuff. This is a hunting podcast. I know, you know, I'm just trying to share the the headspace I'll be in, the challenges I'll face. It's like really good to try to think about what the challenges will be come this hunting season. And I know, you know, like some of the 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 wild country that I'm hunting like there's real danger going and hunting goats up in the rocks and up in the steep like I got to keep my wits about me and make really good decisions same with muley country and then um you know lightning storms like um man if there's if there's anything like that that gets to me it's these those gnarly lightning storms on top of the mountain but I've I've rode out a bunch of them I've got the the uh, knowledge and confidence to know to get myself to a safe spot. I'm going to read storms, make smart decisions. I know I'm going to have to ride out some gnarly storms, sitting on my feet, pouring down rain, lightning all around me. I know that's going to happen. I know hunting elk, I'm hunting in grizzly bear country. It's like I've been uh, practicing with my pistol, practicing my draw, going to keep a safe camp, be camping in the timber, like doing all those little things and uh, making sure that I'm keeping my head on a swivel, paying attention to sign and make sure I don't get into a bad situation. But all these dangers, it's good to kind of face them in your mind before you're actually there. And so, you know, I thought about these things. I know, you know, I'll be camping by myself in a lot of places. I'll, you know, there's just going to be challenges that I'm going to face. And this is part of it. This is part of Western hunting. This is part of being an adventure. Um, if there weren't these, these challenges or these dangers, it, it, I, you know, I couldn't even classify it as an adventure. So this is all part of hunting, but really working through these things in my mind before I get there is so important, uh, just to make sure that I'm thinking about them where I'm not caught off guard and to make sure that I keep myself safe to hunt another day, to hunt another year, to come home to my family, like, you know, really that is the most important thing. So, uh, go have these adventures and I know I'll just come back a changed and better person from these things. Just like this latest Hawaii adventure was just so amazing, uh, that I come back changed from them. And I know that I'll gain perspective on my life and where I'm headed in the direction and, uh, gain perspective on my family and taking care of, uh, everybody that I need to take care of. And that's part of the beautiful thing about these hunts. But, I do need to face these challenges um, head on and make sure that I'm ready for them. I mean, that's uh, that's the other thing is, um, you know, really walking myself like through the shooting process and make sure that I'm executing good shots. And um, yeah, there's like so much that go in to these hunts, you know, so uh, just just trying to make sure that I'm uh, doing that and preparing for these shots. Like a lot of it for me is visualization. So you know, just closing my eyes at night or when I get free time and picturing that goat walking out broadside down a 40 degree slope and looking away from me and me drawing my bow and settling my pin and pull, pull, pull and watching that arrow clear right through his chest. You know, that's like, 
some of my visualizations that I, that I'll do leading up to season, during season, and uh, then once I get in that situation, you know, it's like I haven't been in that exact situation, but it feels like I've been there before. So man, it's so awesome that we have we have this thing, this this bow hunting. Like um, man, it is primal and visceral, and um, you know, there's a you know, us humans, we survived for the last 200,000 years for like, because of our ability to hunt, because of our ability to gather. So there's, there is something that is in our DNA that is tied directly to our ancestors and our survival. And you can feel it when you're out there. And to me, there's nothing more fun than getting in the action, like getting a stock on a bull or getting a stock on a big muley buck. Like, man, I just love it. That's when I just feel alive. That's when, you know, my brain isn't thinking about any of the problems or Barney construction or any of that stuff. When I'm getting a play, when I'm getting a play, I am in the present moment. I am trying to make the right footfalls. I'm trying to make the right moves. I'm, I'm trying to, trying to kill that buck and put a perfect arrow into him. And it's like one of the toughest challenges out there. Um, so I definitely want to be immersed in that. And then, you know, like being in that present moment, like it's easy when I'm stalking a buck, but I want to be in the present moment throughout the entire hunt. So, you know, I'd definitely be working on that. But, um, yeah, go from elk and then, um, elk will be a long duration. We'll fit antelope in there, um, hunt them in the middle of the days. If I tag out on an elk and I still have an antelope tag, then I can travel around the state, have a little bit more flexibility. And then I've got a couple late season hunts, uh, late season muley hunts. Um, so we'll can, we'll carry on and continue the season. I mean, uh, it's so nice for me that hunting season isn't just one month that I'm able to extend it to these different places and these different hunts. And I I love the late season muleys. Late season muleys are a bit like elk, where I hunt them fairly aggressive. And you know, like I I see a buck that I want to shoot, and I get over there, and then I adapt to the situation I'm given. I adapt to where that muley's at or the position he's in, and try to make a play and kind of know what I can get away with and what I can't. And uh, they're usually really difficult during the rut. Like the rut's a great time to kill a good buck. Um, you know, I actually think the early season is a better opportunity at these big deer. At least that's what, that's what my wall states as well as I have more early season than I do, uh, big late season bucks. I do have some, some really great late season and it is a good opportunity. And again, it comes back to that, that excitement, that action, like seeing bucks, getting into bucks, making moves. And sometimes a stock can last a couple hours making moves or even carry over into the next day. But it's pretty thrilling stuff. And so I'll use a combination on that as well as um, uh, truck camping, backpack hunting. I've got some good backpack spots that I want to get into and uh, go see what kind of bucks are living in there. And um, man, just um, hunt hard, keep a positive attitude, and just enjoy it, right? This is what we wait all year for. We're taking this vacation. I mean, this stress that I'm talking about, barning construction or getting podcasts, it's like it's all stress I've put on myself. You know, it's like, um, what I really live for is to go bow hunt. It's like, that's the whole reason why I work hard all year long. It's the whole reason, uh, you know, why I put so much, I mean, it's not the reason I put effort in my family and, you know, and love them with every fiber of my being and I want them to be happy, but it's, it's like I put so much effort throughout the year to get to this time of year and be able to be immersed in the present moment. So when I'm in that present moment, I definitely want to enjoy it and soak it in and, and, um, 
I definitely have some great adventures planned and a full season, and I'm super fortunate for the life I've created. And so uh, now it's just time to live it and um, see what I can knock down, make sure I'm filling my freezer here for the for the coming year. But, um, man, it's going to be amazing. Be able to embark on, you know, not just one adventure, but multiple adventures is pretty cool stuff. And uh, so, yeah, I definitely want to hunt... Um, I want to hunt spots that I know that I that that I know are good, but also want to expand my knowledge, and that's expand my knowledge in these uh, areas that I've hunted before, like going further, checking out different drainages, and then also hunting new locations. I think um, out of my hunts this year, a uh, couple of them are in brand new areas, and then um, yeah, I also have some in areas that I've hunted before, but those areas I've hunted before, I need to expand my knowledge in there and um, search a little bit further and just making sure that I'm putting forth full effort. It's just like, it's easy to go check a drainage or check a basin. Oh, there's no deer here, but I just, there there's um, more to give. There's like, a, there's always another basin to go check out. There's always more effort to put in, another place to backpack into. Uh, I just want to put full effort in and, and meet these challenges head on and get the most out of this season and um, see what I can turn up and, and um, see what I can arrow. So um, thanks so much, guys. Like um, we made 400 episodes on Eastman's Elevated and still going strong. Um, so, yeah, I couldn't be more proud of the community that we've created. It's just such a great group of guys. I try to get to your guys' questions, but you guys have done such a good job of supporting me. And um, so I just I, I really appreciate it and just want to try to get you guys that that information that cuts your learning curve down. It's like, man, it's um, bow hunting is a journey. It's not something that you get good at in one day, one week, one month, one season. It's multiple seasons. I mean, the, the only reason I'm any good at bow hunting is, you know, I've been doing it for a long time, but I've dedicated myself to it for multiple years and I, I keep evolving and there's no ceiling to how good we can get. There's like, I still want to continue to improve. Like I been on, um, hunts and stocks on animals where just wish I could be better, you know, like make better plays or whatever the case is. But we just, it, it's part of the beautiful thing is that like, there's so many facets involved into being a good bow hunter, like all these different skill sets and we can continue to improve at all those different skill sets. And, you know, it's like, physical fitness like I'm used to being the fittest guy in the group the fittest guy in the mountain and you know I just went and trained with the guy that um that absolutely goes for it and um uh is in super shape so it's like it just shows me like there's more to give there there's more improvement to be made and um same thing with shooting it's like I'm always so proud of my shooting I'm a clutch shooter I you know it's like it's pretty tough to beat me on the range on any given day no matter who you are but there's always somebody better. There's always somebody that can shoot better. There's always more that I can learn. Uh, there's always more that I can put into it. And then those hunting instincts, they're just, they're honed through experiences. And I can continue to gain experiences and make better decisions and make better plays on these animals. So it's like that can be improved. Mindset, uh, to really have a, a strong mind and and uh, have this mental strength and you know I do have a strong mind it's why I'm been so successful bow hunting and um, you know in in everything that I do but there's there's always somebody strong I'd like 
David Goggins, who's going to carry the boats? Like, man, that guy's got such a strong mind. Like, you know, I take a page out of that guy's book and I can make myself better. I can put more into it, you know? And so uh, it's the beautiful thing about bow hunting. And the reason why I haven't lost interest is we can just continue to improve, continue to be better. I can get better at my e-scouting. That Mark Livesay is an absolute wizard with e-scouting. I pick up tips every time I listen to that guy talk or that uh, Brady Miller's super intelligent too. Got to spend like a, a summit with that guy and he's um, really smart with his e-scouting as well. So take a page out of those guys' book, improve my e-scouting. Like, you know, there's just, there's all these different skill sets that I can continue to get better at and continue to improve. And that's, that's the way I want to approach my bow hunting. It's like, I, I never want to just maintain or be good with it. Um, I, I want to push to be better and to achieve more. And, um, man, and I'm, I'm just, um, I'm in my prime. Like I've worked hard to get to where I'm at and, um, now it's time to capitalize on it and, um, really go all in. And, you know, there's other adventures to take on other species to, uh, challenge myself with it. It's like this, this never ending, um, improvement, but I think I'm happiest when I'm, when I am working harder, so passionate about learning stuff and improvement. Like, like that's true happiness. I think, you know, it's like, sitting on the couch and watching TV doesn't make me happy. You know, it's like, uh, I want to be pushing to, to be better and to be at my best and to get my full human potential. We seriously only have one chance at life and it's, you know, there's nothing that says we're going to be here for the next hunt or for the next year. Like things come up and people get unlucky breaks and I just want to make the most out of the, the life I have and the life I get to live and the things that I truly love. And, Maybe some guys love golf and put everything into that, but um, you're definitely not going to change my mind. It's like uh, bow hunting uh, is what I was put here to do. It was like, man, I am at my happiest, like in the struggle of bow hunting, like uh, learning and improving and going for it. And um, that's what I want to make sure is that I'm full send this year. I mean, that pretty much sums it up is that I do absolutely everything in my power. I push myself physically and mentally and challenge myself. And I hope I get stocks and I hope, you know, I don't wish upon heartbreak, but I know it'll come. And that's part of the process. And I have to embrace that and get better and go get another stock and go get it done and go arrow a trophy animal. So, uh, man, we're, we're right on the edge of season. Hopefully you guys are getting ready for your hunts. You guys should just be days away from your hunts and uh, going for them. So I just wanted to share where I'm at mentally and where I'm at getting ready for these hunts. So hopefully you guys can take a page out of my book and um, go out there and, and go all in on your hunts and find some success on and, and whatever that means. Go have an adventure. Go find success. Go challenge yourself. Like that's when we're truly most alive. So um, we're given the gift. We we have found our passion and the thing that we truly love, and now it's just putting everything into it to um, achieve our wildest dreams. So, man, it's right here. So I'll be cheering all you guys on. Make sure you shoot me a message if you're successful this season. Um, I'd love to see it and uh, uh, love to make sure that I pass you a note. I'm cheering for all your guys' success too because I know how hard you guys are working to improve your skill set, and I know how tough it is out there. Uh, so make sure you pass me on a note. I'll be cheering you guys on. We'll be releasing podcasts through, throughout the season. And um, just can't thank you guys enough for all the support. And, um, yeah, I really appreciate it. And with that, man, let's go do some hunting. <laughs>